electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures are red as the Fed and now ECB Bank of England all hike 50 basis points all around. Yields are down this morning after retail sales post the worst print of the year. More signs that disinflation is accelerating. Our roadmap begins with recession fears resurfacing. Stocks set for a sharply lower open as the Fed remains hawkish. As we said, retail sales, worst reading of 2022. Yeah, plus Tesla's troubles. Well, they continue. The shares will uh, take another leg lower, it appears. Why? Well, Elon Musk continues to sell down his stake in the company. And we've got travel downgrades uh, rolling on. JetBlue, Delta, Marriott among the latest calls on the street today. Let's begin with the markets, extending losses following the 50 basis point hike yesterday at the Fed. At the press conference, Fed Chair Powell stressed the importance of restoring price stability. I think my view and my colleagues' view is that this will take some time. We'll have to hold policy at a restrictive level for a sustained period so that, you know, two good, you know, two good monthly reports are, you know, very welcome. Of course, they're very welcome. But I think we need to be honest with ourselves that there's, you know, inflation, 12-month core inflation is 6% CPI. That's three times our 2% uh, target. Now, it's, it's good to see progress, but let's just understand we have a long ways to go to get back to price stability. Uh, a couple more signs of progress today. Philly Fed prices paid uh, two-year low on right, prices paid. He made it very clear. Look, it, first of all, I love them. I thought it was great because he's consistent. He made it clear that he was happy that he got a, a couple of good numbers. But it's wage inflation. I've been saying this over and over again. It's wage inflation because that allows everything else to go higher. If you make more, then it means your employer has to charge more. And this is the endemic inflation. David, he's not looking and pulling apart, as some of us think he is, the CPI and the PPI. He's looking at unemployment. And he wants wages lower. But he doesn't want to say it because then he sounds like Grinch. And he's not that kind of guy. He's obviously an optimistic person who is stuck in a job where he has to be pessimistic. And he's doing it in a way that I kind of like. What part of it do you like? What I like? Well, he's certainly gentlemanly about it. He's not, <laughs> he's not uh, someone who comes on and says, he's not a Larry Summers. He's a smart guy, Larry, but he does not, he's not a bull in a China shop. No, he is he's not. He's not even a bull. He's um, not a barrier in a China shop either. But we he's come, not in a China We come shop. in and we look at futures down pretty substantially oh, this morning. Oh, please. That's people who didn't pay and, any attention yesterday. Yeah, but I also have, you know, I, then I have people say to me this morning, if inflation's peaked, is growth really going to retract that dramatically? Infl- who's and saying inflation's peaked? I don't know. No, no. What happens is, is that there are industries where wages have to come down, and there'll be a bit of a news cycle for some people. There's a bunch of articles to uh, research today about how look, you got to look through the problems. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't buy that. I'm just saying, look, he, can we please give him something that isn't? Hey, it's not as bad as it was. He doesn't want that. 
He doesn't want plateau. He wants rollback because inflation's too high. And he made it much more clear yesterday what he really wants, which is he's not going to settle for a couple of cool CPI numbers and start things up again. Right. But wages, I guess, wages, wages, wages. But those who are buying or selling stocks are trying to understand what this all means for next year and for earnings well, for means, the companies they follow and how dramatically smart. those numbers are going to come down. Well, it means don't buy. Well, you have to buy cyclicals because we have an unbelievable infrastructure. We have three different bills that Congress passed. Uh, people are starting to talk negatively about banks because they say that the banks are asking for more. Are gonna, people, customers are want a bigger return on their checking account, so that hurts. But you know, in general, this is just people, futures people waking up and saying, "I got to get out of the market." And these people don't think about the stocks. You know, they want to get out. Are they selling Merck? Yes, Merck's part of the S and P. You don't sell Merck on this. Do you sell all these banks? I mean, Goldman Sachs is doing what's right. They're cutting. Some of the compensation. That's what they said they're going to do. I think we've got some of the wisest CEOs in the country with a great Fed chair. And this is not going to be a, 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 a something that we're all going to look back and say, I can't believe we didn't sell. It's not going to be that. It's not. Well, most of those CEOs right now, Jim, are not actually, you know, some are more negative than others. But well, most are not pointing to significant weakness, in their opinion, as of yet in their business. Well, they don't have it, Carl. The enterprises out there are strong. What the Fed wants to do is make it so they're less strong, so that they don't hire, so that there is a surfeit of labor. They can't do it through immigration, although someone asked about that yesterday. The questions, by the way, were much higher quality than usual. Hmm. But the questions rose to the occasion. But I just came back and I just said, all right, He's saying, listen, we gotta, we got to win more than just the CPI and PPI. we got to win in wages. I don't think he said, and that's not going to happen. I think he said we got a long way because yeah. we got to win. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was I, I measured. Thought, I thought it was interesting, Morgan Stanley, today. Uh, it was difficult for us to follow the logic of the changes to the SEP and the chair's comments, both of which appeared inconsistent. I mean, they, they took the unemployment dot up to 4.6%. Right. That is that's a serious jump in unemployment. It is. But look, he needs to have it go. I mean, you know, I don't like the people who say, so what happens after you win? Does it does the rates go down? He say, well, can we win first? I mean, that's like saying what happens after you beat Chicago? Uh, Do you you get home field advantage? He said, no, we got to beat Chicago first. There isn't anything about him that wasn't NFL, meaning the gold standard of, I think, David of rigor. That, that wasn't impressive. And he basically said, you know, well, we haven't beaten this yet. If all this is true, um, what's up with bonds? Why, are, are, are bonds, like, calling their bluff? I mean, we're seeing yeah, nowhere bonds, near bonds the are, Bonds are calling their bluff. I think bonds are saying that he's, he's, he's big hat, no cattle. David, he, he, I don't think he's big hat, no cattle. I think he's real. You think he's real? Yeah. But the bond market doesn't. No. The bond market thinks he's... Bond market they, often wins. That, they may lose this one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They may lose this one. Others, they, they lose others this. argue, look what happened to Liz Truss. She'll tell you what the bond market's all about. Um, right? I, At what point do they force him to do something different? Well, uh, I think he's got a path. I think he's going to get a couple of 4% unemployment numbers. And when he gets that, I think he can say, you know what, we're, we're almost there. And if we have a rally, yeah. and if the... You know, like the reporters, well, sir, is the rally inconsistent with what you want? He can say, I don't care about the rally. I care about the American people. 
I get it. I'm, listen, I'm, we always try to come back to the market itself. Well, that's because we're hidebound and small thinkers. Well, I don't know if we're small thinkers. It's because I end up talking to most of the people who allocate assets typically in the equity market. And I said this yesterday, of course, they continue to be quite negative in terms of their view for next year. Well, good. And I- at the same, uh, and by the way, that's shared. I mean, we had Roger Altman on yesterday, Carl. I thought it was interesting how, how negative he was in terms of reflecting what he's hearing from CEOs. Take a listen. Most CEOs say the following. Business is still okay, but I think it's going to get worse. That's the message I hear most often. They both show, as you know, almost 100% agreement on the likelihood of a recession, which would mean lower earnings. Doesn't mean they're right, but the expectation of weaker business conditions next year is universal. Well, okay, so then again, let's just, let's say you're Caterpillar, let's say you're Deer, okay? You're about to get gigantic, you're about to get calls from Floor, okay, and from DICOM saying, listen, uh, Nucor, we need everything, everything you have, because we are building bridges everywhere. We may be building bridges to nowhere, because Congress has empowered us with trillions of dollars. Against that, you have a Fed that can't stop that money from coming. So I think this whole notion that everybody is negative, I... I speak to many more CEOs. I would say I speak to more CEOs than almost anybody. And when the interview's over, what do they say? You know what? The order book's good. You know what? Sales look good. It's actually yeah. a great point. I'm a couple calls on Disney and Comcast this morning. Uh, Oppenheimer, we're, the, the, the strength of, say, parks is, is very unusual. Given the uncertainty. It's an unusual decline. There's a lot of places that are strong. There are. And, and that's what makes this a particularly back, unusual time right. and a very difficult one to navigate. Well, it just, I think that history is not as helpful right now. And I just find that, for instance, when I think about China, I heard people say, well, China's going to shut down because of COVID. And then I hear other people say, well, COVID, it's going to be immunized. The country's going to be immunized in three weeks because everyone's going to have had Omicron. Like, I'm not a... Well, no, I, no, I'm saying it, that everything's so inconsistent. Everything is inconsistent and hard to follow. By so, the way, you mentioned China. That is not an unimportant component here, though, thank also. Thank you. And if they are focusing once again on economic growth, as the journal reported this morning, that will have an impact as well. Right. That, no, po- positive in some ways, but also potentially they consume a lot of commodities. It could have a, a, a negative. Well, look, Brian a, Sullivan's inflationary point, impact who on certain watch, commodities. Brian Sullivan, who is much, much, he's on the five. He's still saying three million barrels a day if, if China comes back. Now, I trust Brian more than anyone else because he spends all of his time when he was in Europe looking at this. Three million barrels means we're going to have a little more inflation, but it does also say that you know, you're going to get some orders from yeah. China. Well, look at the look at the oil trade right now. Back to 76. Yes. Seasonally uh, getting into that but time. We need it's going to be see, cold. But we need to see layoffs. We need to see, all right, I don't want to jinx anyone, but we need to see, say, a rental car, a, a car company that sells used cars. We see, may need to see that stop. We may need to see a place where I, I buy, I don't know, things like, uh, you know, like bedware, a bathware, uh, where sometimes it's uh, to the infinity and beyond. They maybe not be able. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I know. But no, exactly but I'm saying not. Every, we think we need to see some bankruptcies. Thank you. You're welcome. But it's not. Okay, so let's say pal. Let's say he starts okay, out like a couple this. of he bankruptcies. Goes, are I want to say right now. I want. I want many people laid off. I want people to feel really bad. I'd like it to be done before Christmas, but I understand it's an important holiday. 
So what we're going to do is we have the layoffs after, and then we're going to relook at it. Do you want that? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? How about a Fed chief who said, he's very measured. He says, look, you know, we need to see. We've won some of the, we've had, we've had a couple of wins, but it's not enough. I thought that was so great. I, look, I don't know what he, I don't know if he went out for high school acting. I, I don't know what he did. I made Lieutenant Rooney. I got, I got cut in Guys and Dolls. But I just think he's just really good. And a lot of other people just aren't as good. And you do have, I mean, I did like the reporters. I mean, there, there's no reporter anymore who is saying, uh, frankly, I don't know what you're doing. They're not doing that. I think he's giving it very straightforward. Look, we had good CPI, not enough. We had good PPI, not enough. We haven't seen wages come down. We want to see them down. We don't want to see them stabilize. Sure. He also said something really great, which is we don't want to see a good year over year because it was bad last year. Sure. What, you could not be more clear than this, man. Yep. Yep. What do people want from a Fed chief? What are you asking for? What do you want? You want Lincoln? Four score and seven years, seven months ago, we had high inflation. What do you want out of a guy? <clears throat> that don't do that to me. <laughs> He's playing that silence well, game. I'll tell you what. Um, what Jeff Gunlack wants is yes. maybe maybe a pause. Here's what Gunlack said yesterday. It's are down very substantially. I'm surprised people don't really talk about this. I mean, the long bond yield is down something like 90 basis points. The 10-year Treasury yield is down 75 basis points. And even the two-year Treasury yield is down 50 basis points. And uh, we're at these levels that suggest that recession is coming. It's really weird. Uh, Morgan Stanley sees one more 25. Goldman sees three more 25s. Yeah, I think three more 25s is is what he has to do. I mean, here's something that... Dunlock also thinks inflation, once it starts, is going to decline rapidly. Well, uh, well, that could happen. But, okay, so let's take Lenar. Now, Lenar had an okay number. Now, well, no more, of course, but Stuart Miller had pretty calm, you know, some cancellations. But the housing stocks, if we have a chart of the housing stocks, they started going back up. The numbers are good. The margins are good. Do you think that that's not supposed to happen? We're, we're supposed to go into a recession. You're not supposed to be buying those stocks. Those stocks are on fire. Now, but, not well, yes, yesterday. Well, can we please put up like a six-month chart? <laughs> this is this group has been strong, and the margins are strong. They're raising prices. That's not what Powell wants. He wants to see a surfeit of housing. And so the margins are crushed, and you may actually be able to buy a house in this country for less money. That's what he wants. Right. Although your, look monthly, at that, look at your that. monthly cost yeah. will still be significantly higher if you yeah, take out a mortgage. That's not what he wants. He wants to see that down. I know, Understood. but uh, shelter, um, we're structurally underhoused and will be for years. I know, but Labor, he, he said, we took three and a half million people out of the labor force. He's, he's playing for time. He's playing for time. More people will come back in the labor force. More people are going to run out of money. We'll have more immigration. Maybe not necessarily the legal kind. We, we will have, he has to play for time. And what I don't want are people get, jumping the gun and starting to buy the housing stocks before he's even put the wood to them. That, that's more metaphorical. Understood. I just think that when I saw the housing stocks go up, I said, uh-uh, too early. Hmm. They're gonna, he's not going to be happy with this one. Well, we're getting a little more data this morning on top of retail sales in Philly and Empire. Let's get to Rick on industrial production. Morning, Rick. Yes, good morning, Carl. Industrial production for the month of November down two-tenths of one percent. Down two-tenths of one percent. And believe it or not, uh, that is the weakest number since September of last year. Of last year. 
Uh, and if we consider capacity utilization uh, is now below 80 in this read, 79.7, very close to expectations. 79.7, well, that is the uh, lightest going back to February of this year, February of this year. And when you look at yields for 10-year notes at just a whisker under 3.47, on the day after the Fed hikes a half a base, a half a percent, Carl, we are below yesterday's low yields on the lows of the day. We've moved up a bit. The lows of the week are 3.41. Keep an eye on those, and Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Tesla shares continue to slide this morning in a regulatory filing. Elon Musk disclosing he sold another 22 million shares of the company from Monday through Wednesday, worth about $3.6 billion. Tesla did close yesterday with a market cap below $500 billion for the first time in two years, as investors have expressed concerns about Musk's focus on Twitter. Gary Black of the Future Fund, we mentioned him yesterday. Among those investors, he's going to join us in the next hour. Talk about it, Jim. People are watching the P.E. at Tesla, now below, say, Chipotle? Well, I mean, look, Twitter is going to go down as perhaps, David, you're, you're familiar with all the great ones. Yes, I am. AOL. Yes, I am. I have a long list of horrible deals. Well, this one is requiring endless financing because it's losing endless amounts of money. We don't not- know exactly why he sold the shares, but we can surmise perhaps it is in part because he is seeing an opportunity to, well, uh, um, either the company needs it for its ongoing operations or there is an opportunity that he may have to reduce the debt load in some way and thereby reduce his annual interest payments, which may be as much as a billion dollars. Oh, wait a second. Because he's taken on 12 and a half, almost 13 billion in debt, as we well know. Thank you, Morgan Stanley. I don't know where they're going to mark that stuff at this point. Not going to sell it to anybody unless they really want to clear the market low. Yeah. Um, now you sound like end someone, up owning the company. Soon. You, you sound like someone who's done a lot of work on this and know things that the rest of us don't. Well, I, I, as you know, I've been following it quite closely. That said, it's always hard to, to discern exactly what's going on at Twitter. He sold $23 billion worth of stock since he said he wasn't going to sell anymore of oh, Tesla. That's, that's just this past round. Well, yeah. I mean, I that's mean, since April. Yeah, April was when he said I mean, no, he more, no more sales. He got in the place, and I think you recognize. Well, look, uh, there's so, there are a lot of advertisers who, that have gone away. Their trajectory wasn't good anyway. He bought a company. Look, he's, he got had. He didn't know that there's a system of law where there's some little state, Delaware. I don't know if he was like... Delaware, we knew where it was, 
and you got Delaware Chancery, who turned we, out to we be. We know, we know the what? story. No, no, it, no, yes, no. We I'm know that he, he got him, the story. He got himself caught in something he shouldn't have right. because he seemed to make an emotional decision in a very quick and amount Brett of time Taylor, to former, buy this company at fifty-four twenty, and, and they no said one was sold to you. Scared of him? They were scared of him. All true, but none of it means a thing anymore. He owns Twitter. He paid forty-four billion for it, and the only question is, what is its future? And will he be able to meet his interest payments? Well, when did it and make, when did is it he sense? endangering the future of the company as a result of all the different things he's tweeting? Or is he putting it on a new path that is going to lead to greater and ultimate success far beyond what it had that previously? Maybe, maybe it's going to turn out to be the greatest investment ever. Um, he's selling down. There's a valuation for his SpaceX. Space, you know, space $140 billion was 40. the last number. What is that? I mean, will you give me a break? You think that, that can come up in this market? That's Absolutely. not even worth more than the fanatics. I don't know that about Ruben that. Thing. Actually, I would argue SpaceX might be able to come public even in this market. Oh, well, yeah, because it's there's a, a PT Barnum? They launch a rocket every six days, well, and they have Starlink, which, by the way, could have real significant revenues from commercial operations and and, and consumers. So, oh, that's worth $100. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily question that. Well, I'm just saying that this is better than than FTX. It's working out better than FTX. Twitter is. <laughs> yeah. I want to I want to create a bar. Meanwhile, we've talked about the other side of it, which is he continues to antagonize at least some of the buying population for his cars who perhaps don't want to be associated with the brand in the same way they might have previously. Well, I get these things every few minutes about there's someone you can get a check. I get it on my push. They push it to me. Do you want a check? Do you not want a check? How about a check? I don't know. Check, please. <laughs> We'll talk more about uh, the impact on Tesla shares, as we said, coming up in the next hour. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell on this very busy Thursday. Futures down. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. The decline in futures this morning uh, indicates the Dow, S&P, NASDAQ once again on track for a losing week. We're about halfway through the month, and all the major averages are on pace for their first losing December in about four years. Opening bell coming up in four minutes. All right, we got a minute and a half. We're going to get an opening bell then, but let's squeeze in a mad dash. You want to talk Disney and a Cowan piece that I'm looking at. Disturbing piece. Cowan, talking about the mixed legacy of Iger. And a very deuces back. And I'm going to read this to you because I don't want there to be any words missed. Fox constituted 77% of Disney's total investment in M&A under Iger. That's Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm combined only accounted to 17. The deal impaired Disney's balance sheet, diluted its focus on branded family entertainment, and significantly increased the company's exposure to linear and streaming content aggregation assets. Basically... What he's saying, it was a significant strategic error. The Fox deal, which you've yep. brought up any number of times over the not last year or two. Not any number of times. No, not any. I, re- I, I rebel against Consistently, that. you brought it up as a, well, well, as a valid question. Okay, that's good. 
Uh, but I did feel that this was, my charitable trust owns it. I wanted to buy more. I read this. I think it could go lower, and then we will buy more. Because I believe in iron, and I think he's coming in at a good time. And I think that, the, that all this is priced in, and then I want to buy iron. I want to buy Iger right here. I-G-E-R, not D-I-S. New ticker, I-G-E-R. Let's get the opening bell here on the CNBC Real Time Exchange. As the big board is slammed in a luxury fashion group based in Shanghai, celebrating its listing via SPAC at the NASDAQ, its software development platform, GitLab. GitLab's good. SPACs have been uneven. David's often pointing about how SPAC performance has been uneven. <laughs> Pretty weak. Yeah, uneven is here. a nice way to put it. Yeah. But GitLab um, had a great I quarter. Taken a look Mongo at this DB one. had a great quarter. And I want to, I've gone over that data dog quarter. I want to be very careful. The cash flow is good. Dog today. Yeah, the cash flow is very good. So those are survivors. They're pivoted. I was too critical of data dog. There were companies that tried furiously to buy data dog before it came public. And if it went down too low, you have the nice put. Not unlike uh, Tom Bravo and Cuba. Remember, Tom Bravo's got that money burning in his pocket. Well, they're putting it to work pretty quickly. They are. They are. And uh, uh, Yeah, the Coupa deal was only a few days ago, Monday morning. Right. Seems like forever ago. It does seem like a long time ago already at this point. Um, but your point's an interesting one in terms of at least some value that the private equity firms do see, and whether they're public or private companies. Right. Vista's another name we've mentioned many times, although they came in with a cover bid on Coupa. Uh, they were not there at the same value as uh, Tom Bravo. But you, have, you but, need a willing seller, and yeah. none of the companies I just mentioned really feels like it's time to cash out. Meanwhile, Jim, what do you look for today when you think about a day, you know, reaction to the Fed? We've already spent 15 minutes talking about that. What do you want to look for? I'm looking for bargains. I'm looking for companies that I believe, like Disney, are going to have a better year in 2023 because they have good management, better management than they had, and are going to figure out how to make more money because maybe they can go and talk to talent. Talent knows what they do. I don't want to buy companies directly in the crosshairs of the Fed. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, for instance, I don't want to buy traditional cyclical companies that are not related to the infrastructure giveaways of this administration. Right. When you say giveaways, you're not suggesting we don't need infrastructure uh, activity. Well, our country is well behind infrastructure, but I'm saying that that typically uh, you would do those things when there's enough workers uh, when there's enough steel plants, when the, we don't have enough of any of that. So uh, those companies are all going to be very infl- inflated, and they're going to be a great place to be on earnings because you can't believe that they're going to have such great numbers. I think Caterpillar is going to shock you. Cummins will shock you. I think that Deere will shock you. These are yeah, these are must-buys. Eaton could shock you. They're must-buys. I like that. Uh, right now, nothing's working. All sectors are red. Financials down. Industrials down. Jim, this Goldman sell call on Western Dig is going to make that your worst S&P ladder. Well, they're doing terribly. And I think the inventory glut that a lot of people thought was going to end at year end is not over. There's a semiconductor. In the, in the, uh, there's, there's a glut of tremendous proportions for semiconductors. Yeah. And yet these analysts keep trying to jump the gun and say the, the glut is over. None of the re- companies are telling me the glut's over. I mean, I speak to the companies. I say, hey, well, how's the blood? I guess it's going to be in. I'd like to make a year-end call saying we're okay. And they're like, no. No, no, no don't do that. Takes us back to what Sienna said last week. We have no problem uh, getting the, the semis we need. It's no problem at all. I mean, there, there's a couple stocks I'm just watching the tape. T-Mobile, a fantastic note, JP Morgan. 
about how well T-Mobile's doing. Yes. Great note about how Mondelez is doing. People like chocolate. I think Hershey's going to do well. But I, when it comes to anything connected with semis, yeah. it's, it's a bad day. There's too much. There are too many. And that's also China's not using them as much as we thought. No. Although speaking of China, uh, you know, we saw earlier many of the China-related stocks yes. were up. It is worth mentioning. A release out from the PCAOB, it's the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board. And you may recall, as a result of something called the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act, yeah. remember the Congress passed, the PCOAB wanted the right to actually inspect all the books of these Chinese companies. And they put a release out saying, hey, you know what? So far, so good. It's the beginning of our work to inspect and investigate firms in China, not the end. We're continuing to, ban- to demand complete access in mainland China and Hong Kong moving forward. Uh, but it's important to understand that uh, today's announcement is about one question and one question only. Is the PCAOB able to inspect and investigate firms in mainland China and Hong Kong completely at this time? The answer, following thorough and systematic testing, is yes. And so that's being seen as a real positive. I, I they did a, get access that, was that had been promised in the way was it was promised. Positive. Usually positive. So were the answers that I got from David Calhoun when I pressed him about China. Seemed to think that China could be doing some business. Certainly didn't want to slam a client, uh, a gratuitous slam that I was demanding. I do like the idea that we have any conversations with China because China, this is the worst it's been since pre-ping uh, pong with, uh, with Kissinger. And uh, it'd be great. I don't want war. Yeah. What is that good for? Nothing. No, absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. Say it again. War. Huh. That's very good. I Thank like you. your peculiar change. You like my home? There. Um, um, yeah, but look, I, I think that we're in a situation where the enterprise software stocks could come down again. But I want to buy some of those. They've been, uh, look, the stocks that are down 50 to 60%, they were reflecting this. So now we have this, and I'm thinking about what's going to happen after this. Not not doing one of those things where, like, guys are right here, do you think rates are going to go higher? Not rates. Um, I'm just saying that if you look at big tech, big tech's been crushed. Now, a lot of them still won't be able to make their numbers. But let's take, let's take Meta. I mean, Meta has had giant cutbacks. They still haven't monetized uh, WhatsApp. I think, I think that, David, if... Congress goes against TikTok. Yes. Meta goes to 130. Um, we, 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 we mention it almost every day. The latest is a bill, I think, out of the Senate. Senate. Yeah. Thanks, Carl, that would ban TikTok on all government devices. Thank you. Um, hasn't hit the House yet. It's not a ban on TikTok for no, users, but, that's very significant. but it just continues to sort of be a reflection of sentiment in the legislative bodies that this is a possibility. And to your point, Jim, if in fact you were to see TikTok actually banned uh, by the U.S. government, that would be a major but, benefit but for you, Meta. In the many times that I've goaded them into trying to say something, they've been diplomats and will not give me anything. Who, Meta? Yeah, no To say ammo. something against Yeah, they TikTok. will give me no ammo. There continues to be real questions about the safety of the platform and concerns about ByteDance, the I mean, owner of TikTok. Safety looking at the stupid things they have on TikTok. Oh, yeah. They're like oh. idiotic things. I Look, they ought to have, they ought to just say, listen, we can't allow TikTok because, you know, we're, we're trying to get SAT scores up in this country. Yeah, that's for the individual parents, certainly, <laughs> to battle. No doubt you're right. 
I, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely right. And then there's mental health issues that are uh, just staggering, unfortunately. But why do um, people talk about that? Well, I mentioned that to Zuckerberg because my daughter was in the business of trying to save people's lives. Yeah. And the first thing you have to do is you have to take away Facebook. You take, take away all social media. Yeah. What's between Facebook and fentanyl, which is worse um, when it comes to suicide? I, I don't. That's, Let's you, not really have that debate. You want right me now. to ask just, that no, question? I think we don't talk about it either. We one don't talk about a lot of things. Think, enough. You're I think right. Facebook's safer than fentanyl. Fentanyl is a horrible thing going on in this country right now. We have. If we had talked about opiate, maybe we could have taken down Purdue before they took down our country. You're right. We have over 300 people dying dying every day of 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 drug overdoses in this country. Everybody's role to try to stop. About equal to how many people die every day of COVID. Like to see that in the newspaper right next to it. Uh, because it is a crisis. All right, moving on. How about drug stocks? Moving on. No, how about Netflix? Did you notice it's getting it's getting hit on some? Carl, I don't know this publication. Digiday is what? the name of the publication. It's saying Netflix is failing to meet its viewership guarantees that it made to advertisers on its new ad-supported tier and may, in fact, even be offering to return some funds to advertisers for ads that but haven't yet run. But this the stock up so I, big, David. Yes, I don't, I don't know... Digiday, but I'm repeating what I'm seeing it reported because, of course, you can see it's having a real impact on the stock. The stock was doing so well. Yeah, and, and, well, it happens. So is our parent company stock until Charter decided to increase its CapEx budget enormously. Maybe the new Netflix, but, most recent Netflix, aren't so good. Uh, but yeah, Netflix is getting hit way worse, by the way, than Warner Brothers Discovery, which once again writes down uh, some of its content. It's a non cash charge. But apparently, as they look at stuff even more, they like it less. And they're like, you know what, let's just give it back to the producers. Well, that was... Um, run it on third parties. So Were you that referring continues. to the producers like... Um, Zero Mostel producers? Yeah. No. No. The companies... But maybe that's, maybe that's sure what it would be. Like springtime. I, get yes. 10, I have 10% yeah. of everything they make. How about you? <laughs> We should maybe go that, back to something. Can maybe that'll back? work for them. But uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is down about 2.6%. Why? Well, again, uh, non-cash, but their, their pre-tax restructuring charge now seen at 4.1 to 5.3 billion because of but, additional charges related to content impairment. Well, can't they look at all that right now and come up with a determination? Maybe they're done. Maybe they're done. Hey, you know what? I'm going to talk about something. Uh, Tesla shares are actually up. Well, I think I'm so glad you mentioned that because Phil LeBeau and I going back and forth. Can we, the people who are saying that, that Musk's eyes off the ball, I mean, you know, if you were right now, Mary Barr, Jim Farley, Jim Ford, I mean, they know his eyes not off the ball. His numbers are, are really good. Uh, they are selling a lot of cars. I, I think that this man is underestimated. I do think the problems in, in Twitter are underestimated. But if anyone thinks that this is you, you, that Tesla is going to somehow be hurt by this, other than the stock, oh, come on. Tesla's a good stock right here. You just need to see them stop selling. Well, we got to 152 uh, pre-market. And as we've reminded people, 150 was Adam Jonas's bear case. wonder if we bounce off of that. That's interesting. Yeah. You think the stock would rally if uh, they named a new CEO a Tesla? No. No, I don't want him to do that. Hmm. No, I I just want him to... I suggested uh, on Twitter 
that he picked John Ledger as CEO. Right. I thought that made sense. Wait, for and Twitter I, or for no, Tesla? For Twitter. For he, Twitter. Need, he needs to find someone like John Ledger who runs Twitter and yeah. just say, hey, listen. His plan was you, to be Twitter CEO for a number of months and find but, somebody to permanently run it. I believe he's still saying well, that will be the case. He maybe He needs to go back to Tesla. changes his mind every hour. Well, all right, so he's not he's not as consistent as, as we may. No, but he also lets you know about all his changes instead of just being quiet. He plays with an open quiet. hand. Jim, the other thing is the uh, wave, fresh wave of downgrades on travel today. Oh. Uh, Marriott, Allegiant, JetBlue, Delta, uh, whether it's Barclays or Cowan or Evercore. Well, I mean, only JetBlue is bad. Try to get a, try to book a, 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 try to book a plane, try to book a hotel. Other than JetBlue, they're all they all been they're staggeringly good. I don't understand where these people. I mean, I remember talking to Brian Chesky and saying, people are saying that you're saying that the high end is bad. And he said to me, it's an interview I did with him, he said, what, what are they talking about? The high end's good. So people want to be ne- too negative, David, on industries that are actually doing well. Right. Aerospace is doing quite well. There's a dearth of planes. People need planes. What are you listening? I'm trying to listen to uh, Chip tell me something. I don't know, it, my hearing's Carl, going. I'm is sorry. your hearing going? No, no, I, mean, I well, think people are too negative. I think, um, I mean, they, Amex is a great example. Uh, almost back to the uh, 50 day this morning. That's going to be that's, that's a one month low, a little bit more on AXP. Steve Spruill, the unbelievably good CEO in America's Best, just told Mark Benioff, business is quite good, Mark Benioff from Salesforce. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like, travel is good. Hard goods, not so good. Although, did you see, anyone see the note upgrading Gap stores and, um, and Foot Locker? No, missed that one. Well, that's a good, it was a good note. You, um, something I didn't to, miss, and I want to get to guys, is a quick divergence into activism world here. Um, FIS. 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 You may know that company. Hey, it's a $49, $48 billion oh, dollar company. Go ahead. Uh, D.E. Shaw has been an activist. So they own the stock for a period of time. They got bigger in it. They seem to have engaged with the company over the last few weeks. Um, quite in a positive manner. Uh, but we got an announcement from FIS, Fidelity National, this morning. You know, they're in all sorts of different areas of payments, obviously, right, also merchant big, acquisition. Big. A big company had been a lot bigger. You can go back and look. Uh, it's been cut in half uh, over a certain period of time. Uh, but the announcement this morning, a couple important things. Gary Norcross been a, a, you know, uh, is going to depart from the company as, it, uh, as its uh, uh, board chair. Um, he's going to be replaced by Jeffrey Goldstein, who's lead independent director right now. Now will be independent chairman. They've moved up the appointment of the new CEO, Stephanie Ferris. She's coming in basically as of now. She starts tomorrow. It's only a two. She was going to start January 1st. But perhaps the more important thing is a, uh, they put out two separate releases. Is part of, um, of uh, the second release, or what I'll call the second release, in which they say the following. Um, the review, they're going to undertake a review, a comprehensive assessment is what they call it. And the review will also evaluate FIS's business structures and portfolio of assets to ensure optimal configuration and deliver the greatest results for their clients and shareholders. This assessment will complement and enhance the ongoing enterprise transformation program. What does that mean? It means they're taking a look at whether it might make sense to break the company up. Oh. And uh, that is... Uh, a number of analysts have been out with some of the parts. D.E. Shaw has made the case, is my understanding, that a separation would allow each individual business, and here we're talking about um, three different businesses, perhaps as many as, to be a, 
valued what they say appropriately by the market, which could be perhaps as much as 50 to 60 percent higher, uh, would be tax compliant, a number of other things as well. Three franchises in banking solutions, uh, merchant uh, company, which would be in merchant acquisition, and then a capital markets company. Will they do it? Who knows? Probably take a quarter or two to review, but it is a possibility now, and it does appear that, in fact, E.E. Shaw's involvement, which also actually extends to getting one new director on the board, a gentleman named Mark Ernst, will also be joining uh, the board um, as a director. Uh, could be something worth watching. Uh, the stock has underperformed, as you see, over a period of the last five years, guys. Um, and again, broadly speaking, payments is what Pay- we're talking about services here. services under pressure everywhere, whether yes. it be, you know, like, you know, toast, which is not toast, they're okay. Right. To a you know, payment in Square, PayPal. These are these are all stocks that were part of the November pivot against. And there's been, I mean, fintech in particular. If we look at stocks like Affirm or Upstart, I mean, do you think they don't reflect what's been going on in Washington with the Fed? I mean, I just find people are are too negative because they don't realize. Lo and behold, these stocks have already reflected a lot of what Powell has done, Carl. It's just, I just think that people are just saying, holy cow, it's bad. It's been bad for a year and a month. It's been 13 months. When you get away with people and ask about the stock market, the first thing they say is, can I not hear about it? Do you mind? I'll talk about anything. I mean, people are willing to talk about teams like, I don't know, the Houston Texans. I'd rather talk about the hey, prospects they, of the Texans. They came pretty close. They did. Yeah, they did. Well, that's, I mentioned that. That was impressive. Thinking. But I'm we, saying, you know, you, the people would rather talk about anything. Uh, Argentina, uh, you know, uh, Croatia. Please don't ask me about stocks. We are down 500 almost on the Dow. Uh, only one uh, component in the green. That's Verizon, Verizon on the Morgan nice Stanley upgrade. Today. Yeah, let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. Uh, the soft landing crowd is having a really tough time of it this morning. Uh, retail sales missed. Uh, Empire manufacturing uh, missed. Industrial production missed. The ECB is uh, raising the inflationary outlook. So the, the good news is the dollars moves down. Rates are moving now, but it's not helping the markets. Look, retail's getting hit again. Uh, Nike is uh, weighing on the Dow. Uh, and what I call the risk-on stuff, metals and mining, that China trade is sort of fading. That was a big mover uh, a few weeks ago. Not anymore. Arc Innovation, other kind of risk-on, risk-off, down 2%. Semis are down 2%. Semis have had a decent run. They're kind of sideways for the last few weeks, but a few of them. Uh, NVIDIA has just had an amazing run. It was uh, at 110, 115 in the middle of October. 170 now, it's really quite run. It was higher than that a couple of days ago. So maybe uh, it's time to cool off a little on semiconductors, particularly uh, on, on NVIDIA. I'll tell you what the main problem is in the last day uh, since Powell is there's a real valuation problem uh, on, on Wall Street right now with the S&P 500 because the prices are too high. So the strategists, the top down guys, you know, the Mike Wilsons of the world, they have been very aggressively reducing their earnings estimates in the last month or so. Right now, an average of 17 strategists I did yesterday had earnings down 6% for 2023. Now, these are strategists. The analysts are more a uh, little more optimistic, but down 6%. The problem is if you put a forward multiple on that, down 6%, you have 19 times forward 
estimates for the S&P 500. That is a big problem because the historic average is 17 and multiples over 18 are extremely rare. They happened during the dot-com bust in 99, 2000. It happened briefly in 2017, briefly in 2020 during COVID. But that's about it. It tends to just fall back. And when you start arguing now, all of a sudden you have a 19 multiple. And, and this is flat for 2023, assuming prices don't go up. If you want prices to go up, now you have to start uh, assuming the, the earnings are down. You have to assume that we're going uh, we're, we're going to be very, very aggressive in terms of the economy and do a lot better. That's really hard to argue in this kind of environment. So this is the valuation problem that Wall Street's got right now. We're going to get uh, a, a lot of volume tomorrow, folks. This is the quadruple witching. It's the quarterly exploration of stock and index futures uh, and, of course, uh, single stock futures and options. Uh, we also get the rebalancing at the close. Uh, a lot of heavy volume right at the open and at the close, Carl. These are not as important as they used to be because there's a lot of different kinds of options monthly and weekly options, Carl, but we're going to see a lot of action uh, right at the open. Back to you. Biggest expiration, I think, uh, in two years uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Uh, Bob, thanks. Okay. As we go to break, uh, watch bonds, certainly not the activity we're seeing in stocks. Uh, down 540 on the Dow, but the 10-year, the two-year, they're down, but not quite to levels that we got earlier in the week. We'll be back in a minute. Take a look at some NASDAQ 100 laggards this morning. We mentioned uh, Netflix, but uh, the semis are not far behind. Marvell, NVIDIA, Micron, ASML. Plenty of laggards to choose from on the NDX because only seven components are in the green. We're back after a break. Jim, what's on that tonight? Uh, S&P Global, Doug Peterson's done an unbelievable job. So is Doug Peterson, by the way, and the Jaguars. Just haven't seen the turn yet. And then uh, Richie Brothers, we're, we're very interested in the industry that is Carvana, that is in Carvana, and they do an auctioneer for cars. So I think Carvana's worth keeping an eye on, just so you know. Maybe your own auction uh, auctioneer business gets a little active. I miss the days. He's a good I one. I miss the days. Kramer's I got 30 in the back. Auctioneer. I got 30 in the back. What do I have in the front? The <laughs> You're supposed to do the cadence, and you do not get caught up. When you say, I got one, I got two, you don't do that one, I got two. That's not the way a real auctioneer does it. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 